Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. I'm Ivanka Magic. Hello Ivanka Magic and my name is Michael Forrest and I have the second best name of the names on this podcast. (laughs) I didn't realise it was a name competition but I'm glad I'm winning. You've always been winning the name competition especially now that you're embracing the magic pronunciation. (laughs) Which uh, was always one of my, uh, you know, I was always disappointed when I when I heard you pronounce it and had to say it the right way. It was boring. Also, <laughs> much better. Foreign, much better. boring and foreign. foreign. Make it interesting in English, please. Well, yes. Uh, How's it going? Uh, it's had a very busy week. The husband person has been away, so I've had dog and child and work and everything. And in the midst of that, I decided that the office needed to be severely cleaned and reorganised. I mean, look how tidy those shelves are. Have you, you ever seen shelves that are that tidy? I've, I don't know. I know this is a podcast, but... Well, I mean, you... maybe we'll throw this video up and then, uh, you know, <laughs> if you, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, you might see some little videos of the podcast and then you'll get to see how tidy Ivanka's office is. <laughs> So, you know, think about that. (laughs) There's an incentive. Think about following us for that reason. How's your week been, Michael? Uh, It's been a bit of a blur, if I'm quite honest with you. Have I spoken to you since my gig? No. I had a brilliant gig. It was really good. (gasps) Is this you, Happy? It's just like I've done so many gigs over recent years that have been, I've worked so hard on and it's been such a sort of mediocre reception. I just decided to try and keep it super simple and say I'm doing a techno set, a boring set techno set, and sort of go from there. So I just sort of improvised the whole thing. But being able to bring in elements of my actual pop songs, like here and there, just a little chorus that I kind of like made last for half an hour kind of thing. Um, Yeah, and I sort of looked up and the room was full and everyone was uh, transfixed. And my little baby niece was dancing at the front and just looking very sort of bright and sort of uh, very interested. And it was a very nice feeling to kind of look up and see that. It was cool. It went went well and it's it's got me sort of like um, feeling like, okay, right. For once, it kind of felt like it was the right thing. The room filled up, people were filming it. And yeah, that's the way it should feel if you're onto something that is worth pursuing rather than just merely something that, you know, no one cares about. So that was good. So people filming it yeah, just rather, phones, were they, were they you know. bopping? Was there bopping? There wasn't a lot of bopping. It wasn't quite the situation for that. It was, it was sort of like early afternoon, mid-afternoon really. So it wasn't really an, like in a, under a record shop. My little niece was having a dance, so that's the main thing. That's a very non-intellectualised audience. It's like a one-year-old, like, they either like it and they bob, they don't like it and they don't bob. (laughs) A child. There's no, like, "Mm, well, I like what you did with that, Um, whatever you were playing with. Um, (laughs) So my small child, I, I thought I had this really great brainwave the other, because it's been just me this week. So I thought, I know, we'll listen to the draft podcast at mm. bedtime. Um, <laughs> thought, That's a genius move, mummy. Good multitasking skills. <laughs> Until you said shit yoga class. <laughs> and then I repeated it. And then she sat there going, mummy said shit yoga class. <laughs> Shitty yoga class. Shitty yoga, Shitty yoga class. Shitty yoga class. And that's what we've taught my child this week. Oh, Ivanka, um, why would you expose your child? I hope you put a pound in the swear jar for that one. <laughs> Thank you.
right. So what are we talking about this week? We have suggested that we want to talk about media. Media. And I think, yeah, because it's a grand podcast, we'll make that media in all of its forms. So we're not talking about the media or social media per se. We're just talking about all media in, apart from probably it's probably mass media, though. All mass media. I all would mass say. media. What's the opposite? What's the other? What's not mass media? No, just a bit of paper you just scribble on. <laughs> Postcards. Yeah. YouTube video no one watches, you know. Mm, podcasts <laughs> no one listens to podcasts that hardly anyone <laughs> listens to like you know we are not media yet until we have a thousand listeners <sighs> oh. okay so let's i can start with something that i'm doing at the moment which is i'm not shopping at john lewis anymore oh yeah because um have you heard of the stop funding hate Yes. Uh, campaign. And I think John Lewis are a prime candidate for stopping advertising in the Daily Mail and the Sun and things. Um, if that's, you know, they sort of present them, their brand a certain way. And I really feel that it's it seems hypocritical that they would be advertising in the Daily Mail, um, especially if they've sort of seen the stop funding hate campaign. So I'm kind of like, I, you know, I love buying stuff in John Lewis, but I, I've, I'm stopping until they... Um, follow Lego's lead and some other sort of companies and just stop um, supporting the sort of hate press. Um, yeah, like the only way you can stop, you know, papers, papers get their money from advertising revenue. So the way to stop them, stop incentivizing them to kind of put scaremongering about immigrants is to, you know, sort of stop the advertisers advertising in them and then they're going to have to like change their ways. So I just feel like that's a campaign that you could use some support. So I'd say have a look for that. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of like Instagramming in store as well, like tagging it like the stop funding hate logo, because I think it, people need to be aware. And it would be a good thing for them to do. What do you think? So you're so, you you're kind of advertising John Lewis at the moment in a, <laughs> <laughs> in a in a in a sort of paradoxical is that the sort of like on a nice platform so. <laughs> on a nice platform. So John Lewis, if you behave yourself, we will bang on about how lovely you are. But if you're naughty, we're not going to talk about you. <laughs> I think the Daily Mail thing and the stop funding hate campaign type thing does sort of. Uh, illustrate in in quite a tangible way how divided the you know there's the people who read the Daily Mail and there's the people yeah. that don't read the Daily Mail and it's quite a serious like a it is quite a serious divide it's, and it's uh, yeah it's like we live on different planets almost. So I, I had it out with some relatives about this because it was post Brexit and I they they were they'd come for a wedding my sister's wedding and then um, I saw the next morning like this Daily Mail on the on the table I was like what is going on here what are you doing and like kind of had it out with them and they're kind of, they were like oh well we know it's not true we're just like buying it for fun I'm like well you, and that's not a justification anymore like <laughs> this thing has done a lot of damage so it's time to kind of and they they initially started off very defensive but in the end they were like oh you're very passionate about this you should uh you know you should you, you should, should record should a podcast yeah well and now i'm <laughs> recording a podcast but i'm not sure i can recreate that <laughs> that, that fervor just uh without the people in front of me that i'm angry with don't buy the daily mail please don't buy this stuff uh, like if you're not buying it because you believe because it's entertainment it's not well that's news. the thing is there a non-hateful entertaining newspaper 
uh, I don't know, like the onion? <laughs> well, this is the thing. I mean, people, not everybody wants to consume. I've got a neighbour who she says, oh, the Daily Mail fashion section is my guilty pleasure. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> can't you have a... That's what we need. We need a newspaper that is not hateful, but is equally sort of trashy. That could be the Daily Mail, you know, if they just, um, if there was enough pressure on them to stop kind of like focusing on these kind of hate stories. Maybe there's a gap in the market there. Well, stop I think there's the... some powerful people, aren't there, as well, <laughs> that you'd have to get past. Uh, there is this thing that it, to become a journalist for The Sun is apparently very, very you have to be highly skilled because mm. to distill any story to the 300 words is actually quite it's not it's not easy yeah, 300 <laughs> so, plain english words, english words as well is, yeah. is, uh, so apparently a lot of the people that write for the sun are you know it takes a lot of practice and they're highly skilled at doing mm. that the way all the little the stories are chunked up and easy to digest is it is certainly a thing i just don't know yeah. to be honest, do you read a newspaper regularly no yeah i don't i don't know what media i consume anymore i kind of like there's not very much of it in my life um, of kind of big, I watched like Stephen Colbert a little bit, but I've kind of got bored of that because that was good for like Trump stuff. So or, basically, or sometimes you get an alert from Apple News, you know, something's happening. But even those have got stupid. It's like royal wedding is going to happen. I, I definitely don't stop because <laughs> I'm English. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but because um, you see, because after the Brexit thing, I was like, right, I am going to support the proper press and I'm going to go around my news agents again. I'm going to, I'm going to have a paper delivered. Oh. <laughs> um, supporting a local business, a young paper delivery person and a newspaper. Mm. And so we started with the newspaper every day. <laughs> yep. The Guardian, of course. I am if nothing but predictable. We had a big pile of newspapers. And then we thought, well, that's just, you know, that's not working. So we'll just boil it down to the weekends. <laughs> so okay. We still had a big pile of newspapers. And then we did, just did the Saturday or Sunday. We, you know, flip-flopped. And then we still had a big pile of newspapers. And so, yes, so we cancelled the newspaper <laughs> subscription. <laughs> and I just occasionally bung the Guardian a fiver. Um, so, yes, so I basically, in terms of the newspaper press... Very, I, I, you know, I want them to exist, <laughs> but I have no. There is no space for a paper in a paper paper in my life. Yeah, a, an artifact. Not, it hasn't really got a draw, has it? When the information you you're going to get the big bits of information anyway, but it's like the smaller stuff, the more measured stuff, the kind of longer form no. content. It's hard to like. It's you much know. harder, to, and it's harder to consume on your on your electronic device. I mean, I've got this whole commuting to London history, and in, in and I started doing it what round about the year two thousand. So that's a fair old chunk of wow. time spent mm. sitting on trains. And during that, I've gone through phases. You know, I've learnt the proper commuter newspaper fold technique, so I could read the broadsheets. Because <laughs> right. I decided, you know, I've got all these. Because I think. You, you, I think one has to make an active decision to become informed and to stay informed. Mm. You have to go. I mean, at one point I had, I started working for a consultancy and I was like, you know, I just, I don't have enough language. So then I got an economist subscription for a while and I did read that sort of every week go through and just become, 
sort of expand my vocabulary, expand my examples I can give, expand. Um, but I think at this stage in my life, that is not, I do not consume my information in paper form. And in fact, reading anything over a certain length on my screen, you know, if it's not a book, but it's just a nice long article or a paper, uh, and by that I mean like a white paper style, a paper on a topic, mm. is actually quite difficult to fit in. Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I think there's, there's the, the UX of physical paper is pretty poor. Um, compared to a screen in a lot of ways and I, I don't mind reading on a screen too much but yeah you're going to get interrupted um yeah if you're like just by other things popping up on the screen and it's just very tempting to hit that home button and just look at something else for a minute and come back to it and whatever but yeah like anything longer than like five ten minutes at the most i think is just unlikely to get read I don't know. I don't know why. I, don't I remember a, a, a mutual friend of ours who we haven't commented on before, but I remember him saying uh, that there's nothing quite as interesting as the uh, metro that the person next to you on the tube is reading. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as you've got it, you don't care. Like, but no, it's no, when no. you're like kind of looking over someone's shoulder at someone else's paper. It's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. I don't know if it's because there's a time limit. Maybe like if screens had like a time limit before you could, it might just change at any second. Like that could be a thing. That could be an app, couldn't it? That that could be an app. That's good. Can you read it before some of the page change? I can see that. There's a sort of scarcity thing there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, there's nothing quite like on the on the train picking up discarded newspapers or magazines and going hmm. What does this say? But the Metro kind of, and those sort of free newspapers, they've sort of, I think, killed that a bit because everyone's reading the same stuff. And also they're Daily Mailies, so, you know, try not to read those either. suppose a lot of my information used to come from listening to radio four in the morning and that was set to my alarm but after a while i just got so sick of it that i just can't even listen to it anymore because these sort of like the kind of gotcha kind of interviews that they try and do just completely gratuitously will try and start doing this well did you say this or did you say this or did you mean this or did you like completely kind of worthless sort of like one-upmanship journalists I've, like they all want to be paxman and like yeah he did that one interview where it was good that he did that but we don't need to fucking be just a twat every time <laughs> like just absolutely <laughs> or you just get these like utterly truncated um like pointless interviews don't you like you get like uh, you know two seconds of talking and and then it's and this masquerade of balance in the media is the thing that i think has caused a lot of problems um the idea that every opinion you have to kind of have some sort of like isolated crazy person with the opposite opinion so i do listen to the radio still i don't i did like you used to have radio 4 as my morning alarm mm. but i stopped doing that because it 
just I just wake up I'd be angry before I even yeah. got out of bed so yeah. I don't didn't have that and I don't have that anymore that's not how I wake up but once I'm in the kitchen well I press the radio and it radio 4 is on right. and I so you know it's there and I am absorbing information mm. or and I think there's something mm. to to pick up yeah well I was going to that was my next talk. There. it yeah. was like uh I was going to say uh, there is there is a topic as well about information versus news or or because having Radio 4 on or having a radio in the kitchen tuned to Radio 4 that you switch on when you're there means that during the course of a day, I pick up lots of random interesting things because they have lots of different topics and it's not always news. Sometimes it's a discussion about some play or some book or something. Sometimes it's a terrible drama. Oh, I love a radio drama. I dip into the arches. I don't know who the fuck everybody is, but I've listened to it a lot. So and bad. I just enjoy that sort of story, jingle jangle, la la la. So boring. <laughs> it's, it's like I'm I'm in the kitchen well, and there's something on the radio and sometimes it's interesting, and sometimes I get shouty. So I like that. But I was on the way to um I was in the the van and I got it tuned to Radio 4 and I was listening to it's Tuesday morning about nine o'clock and they were having a... Com- uh, they've got this discussion thing program that I can't remember what it's called, but I've drifted into it a couple of times. And so they've got people all over the world joining in a, some sort of media, some uh, technology-enabled debate. And okay. the topic was freedom of speech. And then you've got, you know, so-and-so from Berlin has tuned in and so and so from Iraq and yeah. blah, 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 and they're all everyone's chipping in with their discussions and there's this whole so you know and obviously freedom of speech especially at the moment brings up quite a heated debate because of things like uh, a lot of the objections to alt right speaking alt right speakers speaking at uh, universities in the US and so there's this sort of like um, you know one person brought up this idea that if it's a university you know anybody should come and speak and that's why you go to university to hear all the ideas and learn how to distinguish between valid or good or bad or what and it's sort of in the interest of debate and I, then somebody else brought up the fact that you know you don't have flat earthers come to a university to to speak because why would you? (laughs) So, you know, if somebody's got some extreme view and somebody gave an example of, okay, maybe we should allow them to speak, but only if it's as part of a debate. And I think there's a problem with between sort of a lot of that sort of alt-right or or sort of extreme views are not presented as information or debate. They're presented as evangelizing and selling a story and selling a mood and buying mm. in a thing, which is not about information or news. So it's like, so this, sorry, it was a very long journey away from <laughs> balance in the media. It's like, you know, if, we, if we're having a a story about journeying into space we don't need somebody who doesn't believe that americans ever walked on the moon no to offer a balanced argument the 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 counterpoint of this is that there are marginalized voices right sort of minority voices that should be given a platform and have been sort of marginalized so there is absolutely an argument for giving people a platform but there is a judgment in that like and there is a decision to be made of who is 
an unfairly marginalised person who needs a platform and who is a crank that needs to be just doesn't shouldn't be given a platform because everything they say is poisonous and hateful and horrible farage mm. um it's complicated right and and because and it takes judgment it takes some skill and unfortunately it's the market has been driving it more and more rather than kind of responsibility and that's my biggest problem with the media like the mainstream media is that I don't feel they're taking responsibility for the influence they have over politics because it comes down to we have politics and then the media is how people decide who to vote for so yes. if the media is not responsible then politics doesn't work and we just end up with a shitstorm which is what we're in because politics because the media has been driven more by what people want than what people need I think you know, I am absolutely like I've, I'm at the end of my tether with things like Radio 4 and the BBC as well. Um, so and I want something better, but the, they're not fake news. <laughs> and this is the problem. The cry now, I can understand that people have a very kind of disenfranchised with the media, with the mainstream media, because it is distorted. But they think it's distorted with this like left wing bias and, and all and kind of like there's some sort of conspiracy of race you know but it's not it's actually it's just they're doing what people kind of like stay tuned for yeah what people respond to yeah yeah they're competing for airtime exactly which yeah. is not the same as kind of being, being responsible <laughs> or being good i i still think a lot of this boils down to this um, pursuit of ignorance that we seem to be um, embroiled in at the moment, which is this like, you know, there's this, it's just okay to be ignorant at the moment. In fact, it's positively celebrated because you say something stupid, you're a celebrity, you say something stupid and uninformed, and everybody laughs and it's so funny and you get loads of attention and you get rich. And so, <laughs> you know, fuck, why would you do your homework? Why would you actually know anything or have any kind of a reasoned argument? So everybody's kind of, it's like the the entertainment aspect of any media is being rewarded above and beyond anything to do with anything serious. Well, any kind of reference <laughs> to truth or, yeah. We are in this post-truth world oh, where, you know, I think it's a, probably a good description for it. Um, and, you know, I've been living in that world for, you know, since university when I discovered that even with all the best physics and all the best science, that there is no access to truth. Like we actually logically are all we can never know that we know the truth. But uh, we, well, we can we can do science still, but it doesn't mean that we ne But I, I liked science because I thought it would give me access to truth. And then when yeah. I found out that it didn't, that was very hard um, in like you can't disprove prove anything no. ultimately. So and that is being exploited. And that is where. There's there's more information flow. It's kind of a breeding ground for kind of remarkable misinformation because that can't that has that kind of the same as religion. This kind of like um, un unfalsifiability around it. So a lot of the time you've got to you've got to kind of ask: Is there anything anyone could say to disprove your theory? What you think happened, or you know this kind of paranoiac kind of schizophrenic attitude I think people a lot of people these alt-right kind of pursuers have where each new fact is then kind of can just be absorbed into the conspiracy 
Yeah. And I kind of feel like I need to give examples of this. But it's become mainstream. There's kind of like like fringe paranoid conspiracy theories are now pretty mainstream. And, you know, they're the sort of stuff of Breitbart and, and all these kind of media, like, you know, fake news platforms. <laughs> these are the fake news platforms, not, uh, you know. But I, when you were talking earlier, I was thinking, you know, that this whole idea that the media has a responsibility, you know, the BBC have a responsibility to to broadcast the, um, uh, the, the sensible argument or the <laughs> right argument, which is it is quite unfair on them because, as you say, what truth, it's not that truth changes, it's that knowledge evolves. You know, we have as soon as you 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 perform a, a a test, and that test. So, I'll give you a, a really silly example. So, my when when my child was very small, she could crawl at Granny's. She could crawl to the fridge and play with the fridge magnets. So she worked out that you could take them off, and they would stick back on the fridge. And then she was crawling in the living room and found a CD. So she took that to the fridge and tried to stick it to the fridge and it didn't mm. stick. And it's like, that, you know, like a, a first science experiment. It's like, oh, yeah. this slides off. So, you know, uh, uh, until she'd found the CD, everything that was kind of metallic and shiny stuck to the fridge. And then right. and then she learned that that's not true anymore. <laughs> then it's like she a, found so a like, black swan. She, All she, swans are white <laughs> until you find, see a black swan. <laughs> so she, there's this kind of like, um, you know, we, we... And that's what's tricky. You know, that's what makes... Your, your sort of science will give me truth thing is it yes it, it does it gives you truth in the in the sphere of knowledge that exists or what we've discovered or well, explored it, to, to date it, it, it doesn't mean our best guess it gives us what could be truth but it can't prove to us that it is truth like ever so so know. that and that's um so that so i think a lot of the thing that the people that are responding to uh, these kind of alt-right these and the, and the Daily Mail and those kind of news articles is people want truth people want to feel safe and solid in the knowledge and so when a piece of when a piece of information is presented as and it's kind of easier to accept it's bad news than good news. You know, it's like, everyone's an arsehole. Yeah, everyone's an arsehole. I was like, immigrants are bad. Yeah, immigrants are bad. And then I don't want that challenge because then I have to think and it's hard. And, yeah. I, and I don't want to think that something is, has, has got, you know, grey arguments and they're not yeah. just black and white and they're harder to remember. And then I have self-doubt because I'm not sure if what I thought that I knew is true anymore and I haven't got time for that because really all I want to do is go shopping and buy another handbag that the Daily Mail fashion section told me is a must-have for this season and it's just like a, a, a kind of it's just hard, hard work to be informed and it requires yeah. thinking and truth is you know the truth is not simple it, and it's yeah it's hard to understand and you've got to accept that you can't always understand everything and like even there are limits to our knowledge about things um which means that responsible media can't really give you those little sound bites and those little snacky things which which kind of you know daily mail type things can just kind of come out with some a fact that is sort of intuitive to you that sort of agrees with what you kind of suspected and just you know, you love it because it's like, okay, that's easy. Um, 
and and that's that's where a lot of the problems we've got are coming from. But, but you see this a lot as well, I think, in in work and projects, especially in the public sector, where there's this accountability thing. So people want to be uh, people, you know, like the the processes are in place to 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 stop us making mistakes and spending mm. public funds irresponsibly, and that's all good. Yes, I mean. It's- that, you can really do it another course, way, could you? There is no other way, yeah. except for the fact that it's when it, except for when it stops you doing anything, because ultimately you don't know if a project is going to work until you have launched it. There's just no you. You make a product yeah. until it's out there being used. You can you can you can use based on experience, knowledge of technology, of usage, based on activities around comms and marketing, you can do everything you can to make a thing succeed. But shit goes wrong. Yeah. And there, there is no checklist in the world so comprehensive that can stop things going wrong. <laughs> so it's certain, like... Yeah, at a certain point, you've just got to kind of go, okay, well, how can we try something quickly and know what our criteria for success or failure is? And just kind of, that's why, you know, the sort of like private sector, like software development practices are all about kind of like iterate and move on. And that kind of gives you different limitations. It means you can only do things up to a certain size. Um, but yeah, like this, it's, it's, it's crazy that you can get slowed down so much in software and just think about it in like architecture and things like that. It's amazing anything ever gets built anymore. Well, um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, it, and, and, the, and the, the fact is, especially with technology projects, is that, you know, this, I still am amazed by this concept of a five-year procurement in any what? sort of, like, you know, buying a... Uh, a, a, a software product of whatever, be it you know, on the internet or or on yeah. a on a machine that yeah. you're buying for the next five years. I mean, GDS did loads of stuff around this, and you know, not 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 signing a government digital service yeah. when they did a lot of work. But it's kind of um, it's this idea that you you are you know today where technology is going to be and what you're going to need for the next five years. Yeah. Is uh, you know that's just you know, I don't but is it I was going to say the media's job is to inform us, but it isn't. It's also to entertain us. But the news doesn't need to entertain us. The news uh, needs to well, inform us. The news is flipping boring, though, isn't it? So it's. <laughs> do you watch? Do you have a telly? Well. Yeah, I've got telly, but we do don't have it tuned to terrestrial stuff. Sometimes I'll go onto the iPlayer app and press live, and it's always horribly disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the world, you know, the twenty news twenty four or whatever for a bit, just see if is there some pictures of this stuff I'm hearing about. Um, but it's always pretty. That's the other thing with like news, listening to news. It's like it's the same thing every five minutes, and you're just kind of like, oh god damn it! Uh, you're making me. You just made me think. Um, you can get a lot. I think there's a lot of truth to be found in fiction now, a lot, maybe even more than in the news. So if you think about The Wire and if, you know, you can learn a lot from like 
detailed, honest, long-form TV about kind of a world, even though it's fictional, maybe than you can from, um, you know, the the letter of the news every day. Discuss. Yeah, that's a really interesting point about the sort of the role of art because the entertainment media I yeah. I put under art. And the role of art in making us think about what's truly happening in the world mm. or represent, you know, uh, the, the, the role of art in making us think and entertainment is enormous. And when art can't do that, so all this sort of like unfunding of the arts is really terrifying because I don't think there's anything as powerful for, for a debate or making you think differently about stuff than a well put together programme that is a also going to entertain you and draw you in and transfix you and you're going to maybe create you know emotional connections with characters that you might a never encounter in real life or b never think that you would feel sorry for them or love them or that they were going to make you laugh or so yeah i think i think uh you're 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 right about that i think that's a very important and yeah. this is the appeal to me of of just even like you know your John Oliver and um, you know Seth Meyers and yeah, you know yeah, all this yeah. this lot who kind of they they take the time to kind of make it entertaining but kind of or even like um, Adam ruins everything, which I think I was kind of referencing quite a lot kind of under the surface um, last week, but like that's just you know it's like it's it's a bit cheesy but it's an entertaining thing with lots of facts. Um, and citations. He has like his little citations at the top of the screen yeah, whenever yeah, he kind yeah. of says something. And it's like, like we, you can make this stuff fun. And I think like if you're going to tell, and this is something I've been trying to embrace in my own sort of productions, is if you are going to tell someone the truth, you have to make it funny. Yeah, like, or you yeah. have to make it entertaining somehow. But if you're just being entertaining without caring about just for the sake of it and truth isn't even in the mix, then that's just, you know, super irresponsible. So... You know, more more John Oliver's, more you know, more of that kind of thing would make me happy. And it's weird that it's blocked yeah, that's in the true. UK sometimes as well. Yeah, I don't know what's the, going on there. that's a good. I mean, wouldn't that I I had not thought about it that way. So maybe the news shouldn't be serious. Maybe the news should be really funny. Well, and it would be harder work, but it would be yeah. it would be a huge improvement, I think. But then you can make the truth. You can have the truth and then you can make jokes about it and it's not just dry and horrible and kind of tasteless and sort of depressing. I think it's because... So it does need to have... You do need to have an emotional response to these things to stay listening. Yeah. You you know, either it's going to be... You're either going to be shouting at the telly, you know, or the radio, whatever it is, or I think the emotion... Tapping into your emotions is important because it helps you build all your empathy up and it helps you think and care. You've got to care. And you can't care if you've got... You know, it's just dry facts. But the problem with the news is it often makes you care in an angry way. Yeah, <laughs> Therefore, it's, it's that's not, it's not nice. And you want to switch it. You're like, oh, God, I want to be angry. It's a Wednesday morning and I haven't walked the dog yet. <laughs> Leave me alone. I haven't had my coffee. Um, it's too early for anger. But then there's nothing wrong with some... The, one of the uh, uh, amusing things that happens, I think, with the, with the bicultural aspects of my life is that mm. in... On you know in Croatia in Bosnia and Herzegovina people spend a lot of time speaking really loudly about things that they really care about about the news blah 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 and you know if you don't understand what's going on you're 
you know, it just sounds like everyone's shouting at each other. But having a really robust debate about something can still be funny and fun, even if it's making you angry. <laughs> or you're... <laughs> now, the other thing we get, the other thing that makes us remember things is obviously stories. So if you can kind of yes. make something have a beginning, a middle and an end and kind of turn it into a bit of a sort of journey. But uh, like all these things are hard work and actually probably it's because it's the easiest, quickest thing to do is to be like, try and get people into that kind of angry, yeah. like, I'm outraged, outraged, you know. It's just, yeah, an easy go. Maybe there should be more swearing. Maybe. That'd be funnier. I mean, although. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Who the fuck are you? (laughs) Why have you come to tell us about this? I just want one of these Radio 4 anchors to have a go at the right person for a change. It's like, have the bad person on and then they just let them talk and then don't say anything it's like well can you like have an opinion about this because you just seems like you don't care and he's saying some really racist shitty stuff so can you be me in this situation (laughs) can you be me can you be my avatar (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is that's what it but then everybody's shouting at the thing feeling like that and how can they be everybody well, yeah, I think they have to be somebody, don't they? You, you, but they are being somebody. Like, there's no way. There's, they are being somebody, but they're just being somebody very sort of like in, insipid. And so, I mean, you've got to choose the people you like, haven't you? It's like reviewers, and it's, you've got to choose people whose opinions you sort of like. If you can trust yeah. something, so you've got to find someone that represents you that's going to then talk to this person. So, I mean, we can talk about Russell Brand even. Like, I, I've, I've got time for the guy. Like, I, I haven't watched any of his new sort of. Um, series is he starting I, telling people to vote yet or is he still on the not vote was he on the not yes. well he was it was always a bit more complicated than that and i think he did like realize he needed to take a bit more because I, I was kind of like yeah i mean I, I totally hear what you're talking about and i don't think paxman did anything to uh no, kind of like provide an alternative a view that was kind of right, understood right. what he was saying but um yeah like i i, I my my idea is like well my my problem with that is like I think there should be more voting. I think it's kind of too few and far between opportunities to affect things, given the technology we now have that could support yeah. a little bit more interaction. But also the trouble is the more the more of a voice you give the public, the more they of need a... to be informed on, the, yeah. on their voice. The so, more of a voice they'll have. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, so if you don't have the, the responsible press and media to go along with that increased say, then you end up with Brexit. You just end up with uninformed people changing something that they don't understand. So what is quite interesting what you said about, I want them to be me, I want them to be my avatar and ask the questions that I would ask. And I think it's kind of a question of saying, and this is what's tricky with the Daily Mail thing, and that's sort of me, the hate media, is because we sort of find the people that we like you say with the reviews you find that sort of review you go you know generally the thing that they say if they like it I know I'll like it because our tastes seem to kind of align in some way Mm. so you find those people and we don't there doesn't it doesn't feel like on the radio or in the news there's a big enough range of people providing us news with a big enough range of experiences so therefore you know I, I have to say even though I listen to the Today programme most mornings I am sorry to confess to people who work very hard on the program I I don't know who they are and I've made I don't know why that is I'm 
curious, but I'll think about that another day. But um, but I think we've not got... So you're either listening to this today-type voice or reading The Guardian or whatever you are, or you're re- listening to the mail. But what I wonder is, what it, what is it that's so fearful inside you that makes it f- makes you feel like this daily mail avatar best represents the way you want to question the world well if you're feeling unhappy you're going to gravitate towards the thing that amplifies that or, or is that does that make sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. don't know i think it's like i feel a bad way oh they've just explained to me while i feel because a lot of um a lot of the way we kind of work is we feel a certain way and then we kind of post rationalize it um logically and i think i guess the press if you if you know the daily mail kind of gives you something to blame your bad feelings on and that's which just absolutely is why it's so poisonous because it's that's not who you should be putting like blaming the weakest people for your yeah. problems rather than the people with the most power placing people's anger at the opposite end of the spectrum that it should be pointed at you know these these people that are getting angry about immigrants coming in are completely ignoring like what happened with the you know financial crisis and ban you know all the kind of lobbying that goes yeah. on and all this kind of exploitation by the people with money but that, um, but that a lot of that is the fault of, as well i have to say if we take people like the Labour Party are not very good at owning their own narrative. They're not very good at arguing. They don't have as either they don't have the influence and not as clever and people, you know, it's kind of a, uh, the, 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 somehow the, the, the headline has, we allowed it to get hijacked by people who don't have our shared interests in at heart. You know, that the whole mm. Brexit campaign the whole way that was won that was the few <laughs> the yeah. few for the few yeah. you know they're not the not the few for the many or the many for the many that was that yeah. was the few for the few winning some bullshit yeah the people that voted for it were the last people that were going to benefit from it right like yeah. the and only it, people that might benefit from it were this kind of very small, small elite of, and they've you know, been hoodwinked and they've been hoodwinked because they they they're not informed enough or they're not they've not been taught how to question what they're what they're being told and then we tell them that they you know we and i take you know we're we're sort of sit there in our conversations and define them as stupid and then they go well, fuck you i'm not stupid i, don't, and and I, just... I wouldn't ever say i wouldn't i mean i'm I wouldn't ever want to resort to that argument. I think it's but, I think it's the responsibility of the press to not kind of put that stuff out there in yeah, the first yeah. place because uh, if it's there people are going to gravitate towards it because it's the only thing that claims any sort of truth perspective. Yeah. The only thing that says here is a fact that is true and you can tell it's true just because it sort of like feels like it's true. <laughs> I was just going to say like when yeah. you're talking I mean I'm not huge into the sort of politics thing but labor owning their narrative have you like I like I kind of like Corbyn, but some of his speeches that I've heard where he's obviously had some sort of like PR kind of coaching of some sort. or They've come up with some like catch like when he was going like bargain basement Britain, like over and over again. And it was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> it was like you like, can you just talk like a person? And stop! Mm. I know, I know you've been coached and you found this phrase and you're just going to try and make it. But we it was it was so sort of like transparent. And like heavy handed that you just sort of um, it just really turned me off from what he was saying. And yeah. I and it can't just be me like it's. Yeah, but he's clearly not your avatar. 
No, he's not. But I mean, I thought like I kind of like I found there was something romantic about going back to an old fashioned, like, you know, ideal, idealistic view, like principled view of politics. Like at least if you've got a principle, you're kind of like, I don't care if he flip flops, if I trust that his principles are remaining intact. Right. It was more that it was this kind of really shallow kind of repetitive, like I've got this marketing catchphrase that I'm going to keep trying to throw in. And it just felt really kind of unsophisticated. And we are much more used to a a higher, like our advertising defences have been like English, British advertising. You go to other countries and it seems really like heavy handed and like stupid and and we've really kind of turned advertising into this fine art of just the right level of self-awareness and kind of all this stuff and then like politicians are kind of like a few steps under that and it's fine if they're doing their thing but when they try and do that thing it just it's it's embarrassing and 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 I, i i want people to be people and that's trump's power is that he seems like a person next to every other kind of person in politics that just doesn't seem like a person because they're so cagey about what they will and won't say and they're so cautious and where he just says whatever the hell comes into his mind and people <laughs> love it because and whether and imagine it would be nice if it was a proof of concept for just say what you believe person who actually has principles and actually has some intelligence and skill and just like it will sort itself out and you'll be a person because people can see through that more and more um, than they ever could, I think. I'm going to flip to back to art for a second. Okay. And the fact that my life is now filled much more with animated movies that are made for a younger audience. <laughs> yes. And I, I watched Happy Feet in the week hmm. and that made me cry at the end. I was like, because the one thing about that. children's movies is that they do have. It's like you're, you're. I watched Inside Out as well because after the yeah. hap, in the happiness episode, you you Did talked you about that. It was, that make... It's just brilliant, but they all have a very deliberate opinion and a story, yeah. and a, you know, it's not it's not just made. Hey, hey, children, look, shiny things running around. There is a story, even bloody trolls. Trolls, <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Thankfully, even trolls says, don't. Putting things in your mouth is not going to make you feel happier. <laughs> Good message. You, you, you Good can't, message. Eat, <laughs> you can't eat things true. to feel happy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that's, that's, what, that's I really what I was thinking. Was um, um, like the fiction media takes a, a hundred times more accountability than <laughs> does, the so-called like news media. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. are very careful about what message they want to send when they're when they're creating something. They're very like conscious of that, and they know they have a lot of responsibility as well. And yes, there is still a lot of like problematic representation of sort of like um, Arabic people and like Indian people. You know, there's a lot of kind of minority mm. races kind of typecast into certain types of role. Like I think 24, if you look back at it now, there's a lot of sort of brown people that are terrorists. Um, so there is a lot, but but actually, like a lot of it is kind of way ahead of the curve in terms of taking responsibility for what they're what they're yeah, putting yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that maybe maybe actually what we want is a non-balanced media. No, we definitely <laughs> we want a non-balanced media. Maybe. Balance is a. It's like that, equality, you know. It, 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 in this world where we're striving towards equality. Yes. It, it, it makes us feel like we need to let everybody have a say and we need to make sure that in order for there to be debate, there has to be everybody represented and it has to have balance feels like a good thing yes. to have when you're striving for equality. But in order for there to be balance, uh, in, order, in order for there to be balance, you need opinions 
to be debated so that they can evolve and people can learn from them. You can't just go, you know, here's a selection of facts. I don't know what I want you to think mm. about them. It's yeah. like, I, you know, there, there has to be, in every debate, there has to be, you have to have a position. If you And if you are telling us a news story, be more overt about the opinion or the position you're standing on, you yeah. know. Please. We are reporting from this area. It's not good. It's a bit horrible out here. It's a bit shitty out here. It's and it is, all, the, you know. You know, here's Nigel Farage with his opinions, which we frankly think are pretty racist. <laughs> yeah, here's but... what a racist looks like. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. talk. Like, just do that. Like... Or, just, or just have a thing. Nigel, Far- Nigel Farage, British racist, could be. It's <laughs> yeah, like tagline at the bottom. White white cis <laughs> just a list of like white tags. male racist yeah. tag he has been it's, 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 so, it's such it's, it's difficult yeah and to have to not have opinion just lets the kind of natural um biases kind of of the way we perceive things kind of shine through more and so inevitably the more appealing will be the more irresponsible kind of person on that yeah. stage um, and uh, but you know I think again I think this not having opinions you see the same things when you're either designing or interacting with something yeah. it's like if the person who put this thing together didn't have an opinion on the way they want you to use it or the way they think you should use it then you won't know how to use it because <laughs> they haven't told you if they're not very clear, this is where I want you to start. And then I expect you to go here. And then I want you to do this. And you can not like it by all means and find it difficult and you can disagree with it. But if, if as the designer person behind it, you're not being, you don't have intention and you don't have an opinion, it's very, very hard to make a decent product. Hmm. Although it's weird how successful Minecraft is in that regard. Because you, you jump into that game and you've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> are games a media? Games are a medium. A medium. Um, it's a lot harder to get political in a game, isn't it? Because well, that thing Christian sent us was interesting, wasn't it? That game where you uh, it sort of simulates. There's a press simulator. We should definitely link to that. That was really good. Yeah, we'll definitely link to that. It's a game where it sort of like shows that people gravitate towards like bad news and stuff that like uh, divides people and things like that and just takes you through the whole process like you can just watch it happen it's, it's very good we'll, we'll definitely oh, have to link to that because uh, it's a perfect like games sometimes yeah it can it, it is a medium but it's, it's harder to get sort of political with like a triple a type you know a big game big budget game because um it takes like five years to make and you just don't want to like do you know have too much of an opinion on things um whereas like indie games could you know can can sort of do that a little bit but don't don't they have so i really don't have a good enough computer games vocabulary Mm. (laughs) to truly but i will but so i do recall (laughs) at some uh, at some point watching somebody play Grand Theft Auto, maybe, or something, yeah. where you're like literally punching people out of the way and stealing cars, and yes. you know, there are prostitutes yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Isn't that some sort of common on society? It's it's a satire. I think it's it's supposed to be a satire, but um, it's also kind of you know it's it's weird. I, it's it's hard to it's hard to know what to think about that game because it's it's sort of fun to play, 
Um, it's fun to just sort of see what would happen if you didn't obey the rules. They will say it's a satire. There, there, there's some problems with it. And yeah, Anita Sarkazian um, is a famous YouTuber who has, was, um, has been a big target of Gamergate, which if you're familiar with that. No, so, I am uh, not. Well, this is something to be aware of. Like actually the gaming world has is has been sort of like a microcosm of what ended up happening in the in the wider world and in, in politics like pre-Brexit pre-Trump there was Gamergate which was um this sort of flash this kind of backlash to women in games and you you had Anita Sarkazian talking about like the problems with representation of women in computer games and like the male gaze the way it's sort of the way they're not real characters the way they kind of are dressed in completely impractical ways the ways that you know the way they sort of like they're sort of made by men for presumed straight white male players and how that is a sort of barrier to women and girls that want to Sort of play these games too and it didn't, wasn't always the case that computer games were sort of like a male thing but um they really like started attacking her and like like doing things like death threats and bomb threats when she was going to speak and like threatening her parents house and like putting out her address online and like all this kind of horrible like photoshopping and just really nasty misogynist stuff of like you know, and it was basically exactly the same mentality of people that um you know vote for Trump and like you know vote for Brexit. It's it's, it's the very sort of, but it's, it was more like uh, yeah, this kind of like backlash against having to be having to think about other people. Well, no, games are for us. You're not allowed to kind of criticize our games. We're allowed to do what we want here, and if we're not even allowed to be misogynist racists here, then where can we be? <laughs> You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's worth kind of investigating if you mm. weren't aware of it, because it was it was a real microcosm, and it's it's kind of there was a lot of kind of crossover with what ended up happening, kind of politically. And then it's where terms like you know social justice warrior and like a lot of these kind of terms, um, kind of originated from people. Oh, you're just trying to protect women because you want to get you want to sleep with them, you know, kind of attitude. And this is a world that um, ContraPoints uh, talks about a lot as well as the kind of like uh, alt-right and, you know, kind of Nazis. Um, so it's worth having a look at, at that YouTube channel if you want to kind of get a bit of an insight into that because it's it's like we need to know what we're dealing with and, and this is the best YouTube channel I've found to kind of really start to understand what's going on. Um, mm. And it's someone I wouldn't want to engage with the stuff that this guy's slash... Uh, it's a transgender person who says that he is she is happy with either pronoun so i'm like uh, i still panic every time we learnt today that there needs to be more opinions yes and there's a school of life video on that as well in praise of bias so i think i want to listen to that oh i, I didn't some... i didn't totally love his i think it could have been stronger <laughs> he could have been more biased 
um but in yeah praise in praise of bias yeah like how we, we sort of demonize lack you know bias as this bad thing but it's going to be everywhere you look anyway so you might as well take responsibility for it in bias in a way that is according to sort of positive beliefs the way that fictional media does so yes opinions please have them <laughs> yeah. allow yeah. them to be challenged let's ch- we're talking to the media when we're saying this yeah, please. But have also, some when you're listening, and... but also when you're listening to stuff, mm. have a you know, find your avatar. <laughs> find the person who represents you in the in the press and go with them. But not if it's that Breitbart guy or uh, whatever his name is, Infowars guy, <laughs> or that blonde woman, that hateful woman. Oh gosh, yeah. There's a sort of like balance to be found of balance. Uh, well, <laughs> a balance to be found between. <laughs> balance and responsibility and you have to factor power into that those decisions you make i think the 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 dangerous thing is when the sort of the power that the person already has is not taken into account that you end up giving nigel farage a platform farage farage yeah i don't i still don't know why he ends up on telly so much where's my mp caroline lucas who is most definitely a good egg don't get on Mm. telly as much does she she needs to be more racist. <laughs> that wouldn't... She needs to oversimplify things more. Yeah, oversimplify. Yeah, Maybe yeah, she should but... just start chanting the planet is burning or something. It's not her <laughs> fault. It's the radio's fault. Um, well, that video you put out yesterday, that was a that was yeah. a good one, wasn't it? That like bar- chart that just yeah, goes red. That's... We're a bit fucked, aren't we? <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised at how engaging this topic has been. Really? I don't why I am. It's like conversations flowed. Is this because of mood or is this because of topic? I think the topic mm. is rich. We haven't even got onto Twitter. Like oh maybe that's gonna have goodness. to be another one. Like, have I was have... like, oh we're gonna have to I was gonna talk about some Twitter stuff, but that can be another day, I think, because that's that's a whole subject and it's you know, social yeah. media I guess could be its own, yes, own it subject. Could. Thanks for very much for listening to our podcast. Um if you liked it you can find me at Michael Forrest and uh, my music on michaelforrestmusic.com. You can find me at Ivanka on Twitter and Ivanka.blog. And you can find us both and our podcast on, and all the links, like we always put the links in for the stuff we, uh, it's annoying, it's a bit of extra work for, for us, but we do always try and find our citations. But if you go to grandpodcast.com, you can find, you can subscribe to our podcast there and also, you know, have a leaf through through some links as well and uh, you can email us hello at grandpodcast.com too if you want to you know I don't know why yet but please do anyway we'll make <laughs> yeah, us send us more links send us things to yeah, us... either help us re- reinforce our opinions or question our opinions we're up for that yes please alright well um, <laughs> we'll see you next week dear listener bye <laughs> bye 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 bye, bye. bye. Thank you.